how old are all you guys? Are you all in your thirties? No. Uh, <laughs> Jeff and I are 25 and okay. Nick's 24. I just awesome. turned 24. Yeah. Wow. I'm quite a bit older than all you guys. So this will be fun. All right. Well, I don't, I don't mean, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at because I'm the baby. So. Yeah. Well, he's you also like you could be my dad. So this is very interesting. <laughs> nice. Adam. I'm Jeff. I'm Nick. And uh, today on You Hate to See It, we have a very special guest. We have Ryan Buds. Hello, Ryan. What's up, Adam? How you doing, Jeff? And what's up, Nick? How is everybody today? Pretty good? Hi, wait, is this wait, is this what it's like to be acknowledged on, on my own podcast? Is that what it's yeah. Holy I think shit. we did forget to we did forget to tell <laughs> him. Fuck yes! Nick is the punching bag for if you ever get mad <laughs> yeah. during the podcast, you rip into Nick. So I'm glad you guys told me that he looked like the one I was going to rip into. Yeah, we've been so <laughs> we've been trying to replace Nick for a year now, and for some reason he keeps finding out our recording schedule. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Ryan, tell us a little about yourself before we get going here. Sure. Yeah, I am uh, what they call a full-time trivia host in the world of hosting events. I host uh, trivia events mostly virtually these days, but a few physical ones here and there. Uh, I also host bingo and uh, game shows and anything fun on a microphone. Um, started doing stand-up uh, out of the suburbs of Chicago, which you guys might be familiar with, around 2006 and around 2012, kind of started doing more um, hosting events rather than doing just strictly stand-up. Um, and since 2017, I've run my own company called Trivia with Buds, and uh, I've hosted about 6,000 trivia events in the last 10 years. And since the pandemic started, about 650 virtual trivia shows so that's what i do that's my uh, job if you can imagine that being someone's full-time job you're you're doing things that i wish i could do <laughs> hey um, there you go so so this week uh my alcohol is terrible but it's cacti um this is so ryan this is uh seltzer's leftover from a party i had because sure. i don't think i've actually bought alcohol in six months was um, that party a rap party for the 1990s live action Nickelodeon series Hey Dude? Because why why is it called cacti? What is that? So it's like cacti, it's agave spiked seltzer and it's made with cactus water. Very good. I I, I do want to warn you, Adam, that may not be uh, actual liquid for human consumption. I've never fine. heard of that. That looks like you almost uh, produced it at home. Um, well, so our buddy Garrett brought it over to my house and he didn't like it. So yeah. I got left with it. And when there's free alcohol in the fridge, you drink that before you drink your own. I mean, you went to, so, you went to Western, so you know the fact that free yes. alcohol is great alcohol. So you, oh, what's your yes. favorite brand free second favorite is cold. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys say you went to Western, Western Illinois? All three yep. of us yeah, did. All three of, all yeah. three of you? Oh, that's where that we all met. Yeah. That's is, where we all met. Is that how we all know each other? Probably. Uh, that's not, so this isn't how I know you, and I'll get into how I know you uh, okay. in, a, in a little bit. So uh, but, Jeff and I were roommates sophomore year. Very good. Yeah, I got my bachelor's. I got my bachelor's at WIU in English uh, in 2008, which means I host trivia in my garage for a living. That's what you do with that degree. 
Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. That's about uh, every degree from Western. Do you guys want to hear my favorite? You want to hear my favorite Western joke? Yes. Oh, sure. people, people will go, hey, where did you go to college? And I always say Macomb, Illinois. And they say, where's Macomb? And you tell them it's right next to my brush. <laughs> it's a pretty hot bit. <laughs> pretty hot bit. Uh, you can use that anytime you want. Macomb, my brush, right? The dad joke. I mean, I'm going to use it. D but I'm going to hate myself every time I do. So <laughs> I have some great memories at WIU. I saw uh, the first movie, the Marvel cinematic universe at the small two screen theater in Macomb. Uh, right next what to was that? Rialto? Rialto, yeah. 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 We saw Iron Man there uh, right before we graduated in 2008. And we all cheered at the end when he's doing the press conference and says, I'm Iron Man. And the whole audience cheered. And it was the only time I've ever been in a movie theater audience where they clapped or cheer at the end where i felt like it was justified usually it's very stupid you're like what are you clapping for this was yeah some dumb movie nobody uh, cares and then like that movie it was like yeah we're all in it together it's the marvel <laughs> first movie ending it was so that, cool so it it's such... wild because our senior year we all went and we saw, saw end game yeah. in that same oh theater. yeah interesting and Look at that was it... another that was another stand up and applaud wow that's wild that's a that's a crazy little time capsule right there yeah. On top of that, I got to sit next to Adam, who cried for the last half an hour, <laughs> absolutely, and not and not quietly. <laughs> to be honest, Adam was drinking cacti during the entire last half hour. Of that movie. Oh, oh, they'll tell you about their fun Monday movie nights where they got sloshed at Rialto. We would we would sneak flasks into the Rialto every Monday and wow. go see some movie. That's and to bring it full circle, Jeff and I brought flasks into Adam's graduation and got shit faced <laughs> hey, while playing hey, COD Mobile. Yeah, they graduated. <laughs> COD Mobile during the entire thing. <laughs> they graduated uh, in May, and I graduated in December. So okay, so they came to my graduation drunk. That's awesome. Very I drunk. love it. Where did you guys live on campus at WIU? Um, when I was oh, on campus, yeah. I was only on campus for a year. I was in Corbin Olson. Same. Yep. For sure, I've yeah, lived in. I lived. I lived on. Yeah, they li I lived in all of them except for Thompson. <laughs> when I when I started there in two thousand five, the newest hall was called New Hall. They didn't even have a name for it yet. I think it's called Grody Hall now. Okay. Yeah, um, I lived there. Yeah, I, I, I was, had a little apartment for yeah. the price of a dorm. It was. Oh great. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I was in the very first like class living in Grody Hall, two thousand five. I met my wife at WIU. Uh, we had an English class together. She sent me a MySpace message and was like, aren't you in my class? And then we started talking and we've been together ever since. That was 16 years ago. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of great history at WIU. I've done a lot of virtual trivia shows for WIU in this last year. They keep hitting me up left and right. And once uh, once it all comes together, I'm going to have my whole tuition paid back to me, I think. From virtual <laughs> trivia I think it's going to happen. I fucking wish. That's that's the dream. That's the dream right there. Where you make all your money back. That's the leatherneck yeah. dream. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Right. No. Uh. Then I. Well, I guess we all technically live there after the amount of times that they spent at my <laughs> yeah. fucking house. Yeah. Uh, the I amount lived... of times I passed out drunk on his couch. <laughs> yeah, I lived in a house on Adam Street with like four other people, and sure. if you include these fuckers, like you know, right across boy, from Brody, <laughs> so it was perfect. Yeah. I lived like like down the uh, block. Like, yeah, I lived yeah. across uh, from the uh, what was the fucking chubby old chubbies? Chubbies moved on to the square by chicks. 
I don't know if Chicks was there when you were there. Chicks was brand new when we were there. Yeah, we love Chicks. Huge Everyone chicks. loves we Chicks. All, yeah. Yeah. Chubby's is literally next to it now, uh-huh. but that house that used to be in, uh, uh-huh. I live across the street from there. There was an amazing store also in the downtown area there that only sold light bulbs and honey. Do you guys know about that store? That's so no. very it weird. Was, it was just Selfish. like you walk, you walked by it and you would kind of pause and you'd like back up. And it was like light bulbs and honey. That was, I think it was the name of the store. And they had like all these different weird shaped light bulbs and jars of honey. And it was like a huge store, but that was all they had. It was, it had to be a front for some kind of weird mob, Macomb mob. It was probably for the drug ring. <laughs> it, had, it had to be. It was just, it was like, who would need either of those things, especially at the same time? What a fucking odd thing. Oh, back to the, uh, what we're drinking though. Um, <laughs> I'm drinking currently a Slipknot small batch number nine whiskey. Pretty great. And then I got some Bud Light sitting over here. Sad that sure. they're Bud Lights, but yet again, what we said earlier, free beer is great beer. So. Hey, if they're not Keystone Light, you're not really partying. Yo, it's all about hey, Keystone, Keystone Ice. Keystone yeah, Ice. It's about Keystone, Keystone Ice. Keystone Ice, 6% alcohol for six bucks for a 30 pack. <laughs> like that's <laughs> oh. when I was at when I was at WU, you'd go to the big ass Walmart and it was 888 for 30 Keystone Lights. Yeah. And you and a friend would split it, so you'd give four forty-four, and you would <laughs> so, uh, you would split what? a case. We would drink all fifteen each, and then we would go out to the pace or wherever we wanted to go. What and a we day! Would, we would cut out the front of the box and put it on our basement wall, and our whole basement wall was lined oh, with God. Keystone Light cases. It was not. We had a quote on in my house. We had a quote unquote stolen room of like signs and traffic cones, and oh yeah, we had a whole wall that was like built-in shelving in the wall that was just yeah. filled with empty liquor bottles oh, I love and that it. was horrible when we moved out to have to clean out we were like why did we do this <laughs> i uh i missed college quite a bit just for the the you would wake up every day and go what what kind of literally tomfoolery are we going to get into today there was no there was nothing else to do it was like oh yeah you got to do your schoolwork, but it was so it was 10 percent of the 90 percent of just like Oh, we're 19. Let's go uh, smoke this thing, drink this thing, and uh, and see where the night takes uh, us. So, uh, so it was wild. Adam and I went, was it me? It was me and you, Adam, right? Where uh, we were a little bit uh, under the influence of a special plant, and I tried to rip a fire hydrant <laughs> yeah. out of the ground. <laughs> yeah, for the record. Yeah, Jeff and I, Jeff and I got the munchies, and Nick was like, "Come to my dorm, and I'll buy you some stuff at the C store." And we passed a fire hydrant and we spent about five minutes kicking and trying to rip a fire hydrant out of the grounds together. As if that was going to go well for anyone in that situation. God, I, I somehow just remembered the nights of playing D&D for 12 hours yeah. and then having to go to class the next morning. So I'm every, just now remembering that shit. Every Wednesday we got together and all played D&D. Yeah. Ungodly long amount of time. Yeah, it was always from like seven seven p.m. to like three in the morning because no one had <laughs> oh, class. It was you amazing. It <laughs> the oh, sea store God. had some amazing ranch. If you like dipping pizza in ranch, so if you would go to the sea <laughs> store, so to this cool. day we talk about the ranch at the sea store. Did you guys have Sodexo as the catering? For- yeah. Who was your caterer? Mm. I don't know the name Sodexo except from college, so it had to be the same thing. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that would. Well, they sense. also do prison food, so yeah, and the prison food's better than what they give the college. Yeah. So, 
like literally like they did a whole thing on that it was weird oh man i had some great memories at wiu i got to open so i started doing stand-up in 2006 uh and i entered a contest on the loop 97.9 chicago which no longer exists but i remember um, that i listened to the fuck out of the loop in high school the loop was great they played a lot of classic rock and the main DJ in the morning, his name was Johnny B. Jonathan Brandmeier. Johnny B. Oh, Johnny, B, Johnny was great. B. He was on um, some sports channel in Chicago after yep. the loop, and I can't remember. I can't remember what that was, but he it did only his own like a TV year. show too. He did his TV oh, show for like JBTV. He does a yep. podcast now, I think. Yeah, I think he, a he, he was. Uh, he just had one of those great voices. He was. Oh, he was God. jokey without being like super crass, but he was like awesome. And so he hosted this contest and it said open, it was like an open for Dennis Miller contest. And so um, this was 2006, the beginning of 2006. So um, YouTube was brand new. Like, I think it came out in 05. Um, nobody uploaded audio or video clips to the internet yet. Like they do now, you know, any, anywhere close to that. So this contest called for you to do that. And I think that I won the contest sheerly by being able to upload like an audio <laughs> clip, like uh, uh, somewhat. You're okay. the only one able to figure out the yeah. internet. It was me, a friend of mine named Ken Gar, who's an amazing comedian from California. Uh, really funny dude. Ken Gar from the South side. I think he grew up in Oaklawn area. Um, family of firefighters, all that kind of stuff. But he, it was, it was basically me and him uploaded clips, and then the other two clips were like, um, <laughs> it was like a woman talking about being a chocoholic. She's like, I'm addicted to chocolate, but there were like no jokes. It was just like her on stage somewhere uh, talking about loving chocolate, and it was just not funny. And I feel the, like she would have been great on TikTok now if she did that. Oh, thing, she's so. probably killing it right now, yeah. And then the fourth <laughs> guy was just an old man like whispering into a microphone phone at his house so it wasn't like a, a recorded clip like at a live show it was just like you know what i don't like about uh, short people and you're it was just like so weird <laughs> and uh it, it just had no laughs or anything so i think i literally won that contest because i had like maybe the best quality clip and it was just something i recorded uh probably around the south suburbs at um I used to do a lot of shows at this place called uh, the Ashbury Coffee House in Willow Springs, Illinois. And I probably recorded a hot show there and had like a minute that was kind of funny. And I uploaded it and I won the contest and I got to open for Dennis Miller, who was, you know, he's very uh, conservative now, but at that time he was kind of like venturing into that area. So a lot of people still liked him quite a bit. And uh, he was from SNL and all that stuff. And I got to open for him at the Genesee Theater in Waukegan, uh, in 2006 for about 2000 people. And I had been doing stand up for like three months at WIU. And, um, I was just doing open mics and kind of telling jokes to friends. I wasn't even really doing real shows, but, uh, I won that contest and I got to go do that. And, uh, that was one of my first big shows and it went really well. They gave, uh, my family front row seats to watch the whole show. And that was cool seeing them up front. And uh, I got to open up for Dennis Miller and then introduce him. And he came out and had a killer show. And, uh, it was just a really cool night, but that all stemmed from uh, Jonathan Brandmeier on the loop calling me at WIU. I woke up at my house on 418 Johnson Street, and he was like, Ryan, you won the contest. And I was live on the radio. It was nuts. Uh, and I was 19 or 20, maybe. But uh, very cool memories there. And uh, that kind of like, I don't want to say jump started. That's not the right word, but it started my, uh, my comedy career in 2006. So, yeah, so I actually was going to talk a little bit about your stand-up. So that's actually how I met you. So mm -hmm. whether you, you remember this or not, uh, uh -huh. New Year's Eve in 2012, so about uh -huh. 10 years ago, 
I saw you at the comedy shrine in Naperville. Okay. I sat in the front row. My dad was like, I don't want to sit in the front, like right up next to the stage. I was like, come on, dad, like, let's do it. Like, let's have the comedian make fun of us. And you spent so much time making fun of my dad and I, and it was <laughs> fucking amazing. I oh, love it so much. As someone who likes Adam's dad, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, also my, so my dad hasn't like bought new nicer clothes since yes. like the nineties. So he was yeah. wearing like a really odd, like tannish, like gross sweater yeah and went there and like you just made fun of him and i the whole night and i actually so i bought your digital album so i was okay. like 15 at the time i bought your i don't remember what the name of it. i couldn't find this online either of like what the name of it was sure yeah but i bought your digital album and then i bought your t-shirt which I'm actually wearing right now the knock yes wow fuck you oh that's and, great uh, that's so, that video one. is yeah. the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. So I'm also <laughs> going to share my screen right now and pull up this video. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen to it's come out of Western. So this ever. happened at Western in college. Let okay. Me... Oh, God, I love this. This is wild because, you know, what's weird about that is I remember the show because I got into a huge fight with my brother. My... Oh, fuck. <laughs> I do know what this is. <laughs> All right. So this yeah. is a bunch of drunk people at uh what's the name of this bar Jeff? The Ritz, right? Uh the forum. The forum. The, the forum. forum. Yes, yeah, Ritz is the one across the, the street. forum, yeah. yeah. Two do <laughs> two dogs is upstairs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. I love that. That got me some track. Like I became semi-famous for like a week and a half. <laughs> That because that was also New Year's Eve. Well, you didn't show uh, the very end of it. I don't know if it was on there, but at the very end, she like turns around after he pulls up the fuck you and she just like is open mouth, like, what the fuck just happened to me? <laughs> wow. And yeah, I, I like I loved that shirt, so I just wore it to get drunk and just to see what people would do. And this chick literally just walked up to me and knocked on my chest, and I was just like, Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about the idea of someone walking up and knocking on your chest. Has that happened Neither a lot? Neither did I. No, that's the only <laughs> time the it's fact ever that Adam that was captured. The fact on, that Adam was drunk and still somehow knew that quickly to pull the shirt yeah. up is amazing to me. Sure. <laughs> yeah, like that was, oh so God. that was, uh, like, I didn't catch that video. Uh, um, yeah. Like, so that was her friends. They apparently had seen me, had talked yeah. about it and just came up to me and they were filming and that got posted. Uh, I don't know if you know Barstool Sports. Yeah. But yeah. Western, while we were there, had an Instagram for like a WIU Barstool. Yeah. And so these two girls recorded this, sent it to Barstool. I downloaded it, uploaded it on my thing. And I messaged them. It was like, yo, like, that's me in the video. So they tagged me in it. And like, it was that's great thing. That's but, wild. Yeah. That um, they just randomly walked up to me, knocked on my chest. And for some reason, I figured it out. Very wow. <laughs> I love that story. See, I, that's something I never would have known unless I did this uh, podcast today. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I, I remember doing those shows on new year's. My sister lived, um, like, I don't know, a mile from the, the mall in Aurora where the comedy shrine was. And I stayed at her house overnight and I got into like a, a wild drunken fight with her and her, uh, fiance at the time. And it was like, that's what I remember about that weekend. I don't remember the shows at all, but um, uh, it sounds like everything you said is accurate. Yeah. And, <laughs> sounds like some shit and I do. That, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to say, shirt, that sounds like all of our New Year's. 
I will tell you that that shirt was, um, so yeah, back then 10 years ago, I was doing, I was attempting to do comedy full-time as like my full-time income. And I was just married and we had an apartment, my wife and I, and our, our dogs and stuff. And, um, you know, every instinct in me told me I had to have some kind of thing that sold after the show, whether the show went well or not on the road or locally in Chicago. Like if I was not getting paid for the show, I could still try and sell these shirts. So, um, somebody, I forget which comedian had, somebody had a shirt that flipped and it did said something else. And I don't remember what it was, but I remember going, Ooh, that's a good gimmick. I got to have a shirt that flips. And that's the thing people are like, one, it'll be funny. And two, when you flip it, it makes it funnier. And I'll sell these shirts for 20 bucks and I'll charge, you know, or I'll, I'll pay $8 per shirt or whatever it was. Um, and there were certain weekends where I would go on the road, like to Wisconsin, uh, some comedy club up there, like comedy club on state or something in Madison. And I would sell like, like $2,000 worth of t-shirts. Yeah. Uh, and I would be making like $400 for the comedy shows. And I was like, Oh my God, like, this is crazy. So if you as a comedian got a shirt on this weird road circuit where you're doing all these one nighters and you're just going to drunk town after drunk town and it like, it played enough. It didn't even matter if you were funny, if you could sell the shirt, well, drunk people would buy it. And there were certain nights where I'd sell 20, 30, 40, 50 shirts. And it was like, so cool. Um, because, uh, it, it was just, it was this like backup plan where you're like, okay, I'll make 400 bucks as a feature act doing four shows at some dive bar in Wisconsin, but I'll make, uh, 800 bucks from t-shirts. So that weekend I'll make 1200 bucks. And that was like how you stayed afloat. And, uh, I knew a lot of other comics that were doing the same kind of things. And it was, uh, it was very rewarding, like to see at the end of the weekend, like, oh my God, I got to do the thing I really like to do, which is tell jokes and selling these dumb shirts helped me do that more. You know, it was fun. Yeah. I just, I just remember you saying like, yeah, like I'm a comedian and people always ask me to tell them a joke. So I wear yeah. this shirt to get them to stop asking me for jokes. Cause yeah. I'm just prepped for anything. That was the, that was the sale when they're like, Hey, Hey, tell me a joke, tell me a joke. And then you flip the shirt and they're like, Whoa. And yeah, when you <laughs> flipped it on the audience, like at the last, uh, the last five minutes of the set, they would, they would always eat it up. So that was cool. But yeah, that's amazing, man. I'm glad you still have that. Yeah. Like I, the, our very first, message to each other on facebook is me like i mean i'm 15 years old and i yeah. idolize anyone who like breathes and is cooler than me so <laughs> you would have so, loved so i like you would have loved group. me at 15 <laughs> yeah i sent oh, you God. like some message on facebook and i remember you posted it like you screenshot it and posted it on your facebook and i was like this is what it means to be famous like this ah. is it <laughs> i've made it and like That's as some awesome. 15 year old, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like this comedian that I liked posted my message to him. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. That is awesome. Uh, oh, thanks for sharing that. I, I have a question for you. Um, I mean, everyone. It's 11 inches. Okay. What? Perfect. <laughs> All right. All continue right. on, Next everyone. Question. So I, as, as vice president of the small dick gang, you are not allowed. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. You're not allowed in our club. Jeff, what's your you're real like question? a solid, like eight inches above being able to even be considered for the small dick gang. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, what's your favorite, um, or I guess maybe not favorite, but like what's the number one memory of like being heckled? Cause I always find hecklers hilarious. Mm -hmm. Cause those guys always get fucking roasted out of nowhere. Mm. 
You know, the, the thing that jumps, I was just thinking about this the other day. I used to have a joke about the name uh, Tyler just being a douchey name. Like if you have a kid named Tyler, you've, you're raising a douchebag, something Very like Chad-like. that. Chad like. Uh, These and, days it's yeah. Connor. These days it's Connor. <laughs> yeah. Connor's probably the new one. So back, back when I made this joke, it was, uh, it was Tyler. And this woman stood up in the crowd and yelled at me, Hey, my son's name is Tyler. And, uh, I said, Whoa, I go, well, is he a douchebag? Cause you're kind of douchier, you know, something like that. And it got big laughs. Cause she looked like an idiot. And she said, I said, well, how does he spell his name? And she said, T Y L O R. And that became like a whole new section of jokes where it was like, if you spell it with an, O, you're the ultimate douchebag, something like that. Um, but I was like, someone named their kid Tyler, like L-O-R. And I was like obsessed with that. I thought that was so funny. And it was from a woman yelling about her son's name. And her son's name was worse than the joke I was making. You know what I mean? think the real question off of that story, though, is, is uh, was she a Karen? Yes, she was. She was. A, she was definitely a Karen Short Bob before her time. Short Bob this was like an 09 Karen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she and, and and then the son's name was Tyler, and I had some clip on YouTube about it years it ago. It sounds like how a fucking Karen would fucking spell it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was she was awful. I got to make it special. Yeah, she was awful, and I remember thinking like, oh, this is great. So th- th- I I don't have a ton of stories where like a heckler was like so shitty that I was so thrown out. I didn't know what to do. Like you know, I was always able to at least kind of power through it. And, uh, and I was, I, my favorite thing about doing standup was crowd work. So joking around with people and making fun of the comedian that went on before me or the thing that happened in the room at the moment that I went on stage or whatever, those were the things that it was like the set was the backup plan. And the, the crowd work was what kind of, you know, fueled me to do the, to do the set in the first place. So, um, there's a million moments where I, there was, there's probably moments where I was defeated, but I don't really remember them where it was like, I was crushed by a heckler or, or I couldn't move on with the rest of my set because of a heckler. Um, and a lot of people do ask that question of comedians, like what's your craziest heckler story. It happens to all um, of them. Like I, it happens all the time. You just don't yeah. see them on the specials like that are on Netflix and shit. Like yeah. they're not there. Unless you're Steve Hofstetter. Yeah. Steve Hofstetter, Steve loves Hofstetter that embraces shit. it. Yeah, that's true. He came to WIU when I was there and uh, he was very friendly and, I opened for him a lot uh, here and there in Los Angeles when I lived there and uh, told him about, I'm like, do you remember this specific show? And he seemed to remember it's, it's wild. I opened for a lot of comedians at WIU. I opened for um, Christian Finnegan, uh, who was the one white guy in the all the mad real world sketch on Chappelle's show where it's all black guys oh. and one white guy. If you remember that sketch. Yeah. Uh, and they all like, <laughs> I think they run a train on his girlfriend or something. Uh, anyway, Christian Fingen, very funny comedian. And uh, he came to WIU around that time. So that was probably Oh five Oh six. And I opened for him in front of like 300 people and that went really well. And he was very friendly. So every time a comedian would come, I was friends with the guy who booked all the comedians. So I'd be like, can I open for them? And he'd be like, uh, sometimes he'd be like, yeah, they're cool with it. Sometimes I would have to message like the management of the comedian at Western um, and say, Hey, can I open for them? Can I do five minutes, 10 minutes, anything? And so I got to open for quite a few comedians. Um, Bill Burr came to our college, which was great. I think in Oh six, Oh seven. Oh, wow. You're lucky. Jesus. I didn't open for him, but that was awesome. We had, um, Jim Gaffigan came, did a huge show at like the, the rec center, yeah. wherever, like the, the basketball arena or whatever it was. Um, but what, what, what was really cool was, um, basically I would email every comedian that came and they would either say yes or no. So I got to open for all these comedians. And if they didn't, 
if they, if they, if they already had an opener, they would tell me, they would say, you know, like Jim Gaffigan wrote back, Hey Ryan, sorry. So he was like, uh, you know, I have an opener I use on all my shows. Thanks so much for reaching out. And I'm like, Holy shit, Jim Gaffigan wrote me back. You know, like it was still cool if, if you got the denial, but I got to open the biggest comedian I opened for was Zach Galifianakis in April of 2007. So we just passed the, uh, whatever year anniversary, <laughs> 11 years, 15. I don't know what that was, but I, uh, I got to open for Zach in front of 2000 people sold out show this huge hall. I think it might've been Western hall. It was crazy. And, um, I yeah, Western hall is the biggest place that can hold the most people other than obviously yeah. the football yeah. stadium. But. The last I'd say big comedian that Western had was my freshman year and it was Sinbad. <laughs> yeah. after, after, after the that, biggest, that was it because they just couldn't afford anyone. Jesse sure. McCartney and like, Waffle, yeah, uh, what's that was, his, that's all I or walk, up. walk a flock. I worked security for yeah, that show. Walk, yeah. I worked security for that show. Zach Alphanakis in 07 was the biggest show that year for comedians, and it, he got paid 14 grand. I remember I knew I knew the number, so he got paid fourteen thousand dollars. He did about 35 minutes, and I did like 20 minutes before him. and it, everybody loved it. He was hilarious. He was the nicest guy. He went out and partied at the pace afterwards. He bought a keg for his hotel room, which was like above the union nice. and had kids yeah. partying back at his hotel room. It was like, it was like everything you'd want that to be. And it was like the year before the hangover came out. So he was famous. People knew who he was, but he wasn't the, like yeah, hangover the famous yet. actor comedian. Yeah. So that was 07. I think hangover came out in 08 or 09. And, uh, and then he blew up and he's been famous ever since, but even he, I remember writing him and going, Zach, thanks for letting me open for you. That was the best. And he's like, I think he said, Hey Ryan, you're a natural. Thanks for opening for me. Keep at it. And I was like, Oh my, and it said ZG. And I was like, Oh my God, he wrote me back. Like he was just a genuinely awesome dude. And I remember he was really worried about the amount of time he had to do. He's like, I'm supposed to do an hour. And, uh, he goes, I don't think I'm going to do a full hour. And I'm like, you're going to be great. Cause I'm just like, I don't know what you're going to do. And he did uh, a good 40, 45 minutes. And it was like, you, you didn't even want him to do anymore. It was so funny. And people were dying. Um, he closed out the set, like dressed as, um, little orphan Annie. Like he had like a red dress, like <laughs> around his kneecaps and he threw glitter up. I don't even remember what it was, but it was crazy. Uh, I remember he had a joke that said, there's a show called That's So Raven. He goes, more like Fat So Raven. Because <laughs> uh, Raven Simone was kind of heavy at the time. Yeah. It was like, it was just like uh, little, like those like kind of like, like with just one liner type, like almost like Twitter. It was like Twitter before Twitter came out, like a really mm -hmm. killer Twitter joke. But uh, that's his style. And he was so funny. And uh, that was one of my favorite memories of, of college because not only did I get to open for him, I got to perform in front of 2000 people way before I ever did that again. Um, it, I did it for Dennis Miller. I did it for Zach Galifianakis. And I've probably done it like three other times since then um, where there were that many people in a room like focused on me. Um, so I, I, I love that part of college. I love that I was in at WIU when that happened. It was just such a cool uh, kind of magical time, you know? So I work in the film industry. I'm just up and coming into it. You know, I worked one job and then was offered a three month uh, contract and then COVID hit and that contract was terminated. Yeah. Uh, and then, so it's been rough going like further into the film industry since films started shooting again. But I saw that you would, you'd been in stuff and I wanted to ask you a little bit about a few of your projects. Um, yeah, sure. 
So the one I saw right after I saw you do stand up was uh, the Between Gigs web series. Yeah, yeah. That oh man, that was fun. That was um, right before I moved to LA. So that was like uh, ooh, eleven and twelve. We moved in October two thousand twelve to California. So my friend Dale Zawada, who was a Southside Chicago comedian, he said, "Hey, we got to make some kind of show." He was really obsessed with It's Always Sunny. And It's Always Sunny got sold because these guys had a camcorder, like literally a like a JVC camcorder. And they just taped like a little sketch at home about what that show might be like. And they sold that to FX. And now it's it's been on for 18 seasons. So like Jesus that Christ. that was his his uh his mentality was like, we gotta make like something like that. So we were both comedians and we came up with this dumb idea to just like, what do we do when we're not doing stand-up shows? Uh, it's all the mundane stuff of living in an apartment in your mid twenties and whatever. So we filmed a lot of those. I think we filmed, uh, I don't know, maybe 50 episodes, 60 episodes, but we would put it out every week or twice a week. Um, and it was fun. It was just like a little thing. You had to edit a few pieces together and, um, it was a good time. We had a lot of comedians like guest star on it from the South side and stuff. Um, and we love doing it, but, uh, I, I don't know if those are still out there or not, but they were a lot of fun to make. And I came across a hard drive with some of them on them recently. And I watched them like, Oh my God, these are so weird, but yeah, they're still up on YouTube. Cause I, in research for this, I was like, Oh, I, I know he did this thing that I watched and I just remember. <laughs> sure. And I remember like when the last episode came, I was like, the fuck i'm so upset like i loved it and i i went into uh earlier i went and found it and i yeah just forwarded it to these guys to see if they could watch a couple episodes beforehand or anything but yeah i loved that um oh thanks man so you started doing like background roles i see so did you meet anyone interesting on how i met your mother or rules of engagement yeah. So I moved to LA in October, 2012 and I started doing, um, standup as much as I could. Um, and I started doing trivia nights actually as like a side hustle. And then I would do a lot of extra work. So you sign up everybody that moves to LA that wants to be in, in anything acting usually signs up for central casting. That's like this company. They, they book all the background workers for all these, you know, extra roles on TV shows and movies and things. So you would go, you'd like, um, you had to go to this cattle call kind of a thing and put in all your information. They take some pictures of you and then you become part of a database. And then whenever you, uh, whenever they need extras, they would just kind of like, you had to call this number. I don't know if it's this way anymore, but you had to call like a hotline and it would be like, Hey, we're looking for extras for rules of engagement. We need people that are, you know, uh, multi, uh, cultured and we need like twenties to thirties to be hanging out in a club or whatever. And so if you like match that, you would like call and enter your code or something. And then they would call you the next day and say, you got it. Um, so there were a lot of times where I did that and I'm like, oh man, I hope I get this. Cause I love this show and I wouldn't get it, but I got to be on how I met your mother. Cause they called me and they said, Hey, um, it says in your profile that you can roller skate. Can you roller skate? And I said, yes. And then they said, now you're not just saying that, right? Because a lot of people will lie to get on these TV shows when they first move to LA. So you can actually roller skate, right? And I said, yeah, I have a pair of skates. I'm looking at it right now. And I hung up the phone and I had no idea how to roller skate. Mm -hmm. There was like, not even, I, I've never touched a roller skate As in my you life. Do. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, oh, okay. Uh, I got three days. It was like Tuesday and it, this thing was filming on Friday. And so I went to this place called the Moonlight Rollerway. I think it's called in Glendale, California. 
I lived in Burbank at the time and I rented a pair of skates from a roller rink and they put outdoor wheels on them so I could practice outside. And I, I think it was 25 bucks or something. And I rented these skates and I lived in an apartment complex with a pool. So I just, I just practiced by roller skating around the pool for like three days. And eventually I didn't fall and I'm like, okay, I got this. It's like rollerblading, but it's different. And uh, I went to the set and it was how I met your mother. And it was like, the joke was Ted is dating a, a girl who's a hipster and she's a lot younger than him. And, um, she hangs out with all these other hipsters and they're so hip. They travel everywhere by roller skates. They don't walk or, you know, take a bus or anything. So, um, it's one second of screen time where it's like, she's like, Hey, me and my friends are going to go over here. Are you going to join us? And he's like, I don't know. I'm kind of old or whatever. And we all skate away with her. That was it. That was the whole scene. But when I got to the set, they put, they shaved my beard. I had a beard. I've had a beard like this, kind of like a light beard for my adult life. Same. And they shaved it all off. And, they, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey's been grown that since birth. Uh, they, they put a big curly mustache on me. Like I was like, you know, from the thirties or something. And so I had this big curly mustache. I had like a poncho or something weird. I was just supposed to look like a hipster. And, um, they gave me extra money because they shaved my face, which I learned like there were all these little bumps you could get as an extra. So it's like, if you just appear, you got $64 for eight hours, which is $8 an hour um, with taxes taken out. You made like 50 bucks. But then if you um, got your face shaved, that was an extra $50 bump. And if there was smoke like on screen that could cause cancer, it was like, here's another $25 or whatever, you know, whatever the, the smoke thing was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, here's your here extra 10 bucks, you know? So anyway, there are all these little perks you can get. So by the end of the day, you could maybe make 150 bucks or whatever it was. And so that was my biggest thing at the time because I had been an extra on all these things, but I had not uh, had these perks before. So I got this curly mustache. I got this poncho. I got roller skates on. I'm terrified because I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to fall down. I've never done this before. And I'm, I lied to get this role. So when we got there, there were three other people who were supposed to be hipsters on skates. They were all way worse skaters than I was, and they couldn't skate for the life of them. So they kept all falling down. And they're like, Ryan, can you show these three how to skate? You know, like, can you help them out? And I'm like, of course, I'm a pro, you know, but I had just learned three days before. So it was like the idea of a little white lie working out to your advantage. And then like the white lie worked into the fact that I'm like the coach of all the skaters on this extra scene. And uh, nobody fell when we actually filmed it. We had to skate like from here to where I'm, my camera is on my computer right now. It was nothing. But um, if you watch the episode, it's called Ring Up. And um, I play Carly's friend on skates. And Carly ends up being Barney's little sister, if you know the show, How I Met Your Mother. So that's Neil Patrick Harris's little sister. Yeah. She's dating Tad. It, it blows up into a thing. And that episode came out the Monday or Thursday or whenever that show came out after the Super Bowl that year. So they advertised that episode during the Super Bowl. And the advertisement was like, Ted's dating a hipster. And it cut to me as a hipster. And that was the whole commercial. <laughs> it was like, so all my friends and family are like, I just saw you in a Super Bowl commercial. And I'm like, what? And I had no idea. It was just this really random circumstance from lying about being able to roller skate. <laughs> but uh, it was very cool. I took a picture when, when we had to go take the, 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 after everything was done, everything worked out fine. Went back to the makeup trailer and they had to take this, this it's called spirit gum 
when they put a mustache on your face and they had to peel that off and scrape some stuff off. And Ted came in to get his makeup off. And it was just me and him and the two makeup ladies. And after we were done, I said, do you mind if I take a picture with you? And he's like, no problem. So I have a great picture of me and Ted Mosby from that show. And I feel bad that I can't even think of his real name right now. But uh, Josh uh, Radner. That's it. Josh Radner. I he thought, was that's my favorite, all time favorite TV show. That's... It's a really good show, and uh, we just finished Scrubs. Uh, my family and I rewatching it. We watched. My wife and I watched that. That was like our show when we met in 05. We loved Scrubs, and uh, we just watched it for the second time. And I said, "Now we got to watch How I Met Your Mother," which we also watched all the way through um, up until I was on it. And then I don't think we watched the last season, so we got to watch How I Met Your Mother all over again. That's a good show. So when you watched Scrubs, did you include the final season or did you stop when the real ending is? The original time we watched it, we did. And we're like, this is terrible. And then we didn't watch it this last time. So it's funny. That's the right move. Yeah. (laughs) Genuine, genuine question. Yeah. Uh, Um, uh, Nick, 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 12, 12 inches. All right, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Wow. Jesus Christ, it grows that much? Jesus. I have two beers. Uh, no, mine just stops working after <laughs> taking a sip of my Jeff, beer. Jeff, that way too? Because no, I'm at like a is... solid, like maybe if I'm lucky, like three quarters of an inch. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I remember watching Scrubs, I want to say like two, three years ago. I also never finished the last season because I can't finish a TV show to save my life. Yeah just because I'm horrible at it. Should, should I not watch that last season? Should I it's terrible. Just, okay. So I made the right choice. All right. The final, right, right. the final scene you should ever watch is I don't remember even the character's name, but the main doctor walking through the hallway and seeing all of the cast from all of the seasons. And then when he leaves cool. the building, that's it. Don't fucking watch the ninth right. season. Yeah. Uh, it's awful. so I, so I just watched it. JD walks down the hallway. They have all the guest stars from all the whole nine, eight seasons at that point, And they're all lining the hallways. It's very, it's, it's kind of, um, it's kind of spooky because some of the characters have died and things, but like the actors are still alive. So yeah. it's very bizarre. And he sees them all and they all kind of like nod to him. It's a really cool way of closing out a show because it feels like you are uh, ending a life or something. It's weird. And then he walks out to the front of the hospital and there's a sheet hanging that says like, good luck JD. Cause he's leaving the hospital and a projector starts playing with all these future moments that are going to happen between him and all the other characters where they have him and the girl that he's with have Elliot have another kid and they're together and it's really cool. And the song that plays during that is called book of love by Peter Gabriel. And that song is actually the wedding song my wife and I used because we liked that show so much. So our wedding song was the book of love by Peter Gabriel, which was used on scrubs. And uh, it's a great song that just talks about your life in a, in an interesting, unique way. The amount of the Frey songs I learned from that yeah. goddamn yeah, show yeah. is insane. Mm-hmm. It's such a good show. God, it's mm-hmm. so good. It is a great it's show. Good. There's, there's some, times, so. I would say there's 10, uh, I would say like must watch episodes of Scrubs that are better than most television sitcom mm-hmm. history. Um, they're just so good. And then there's a lot of just okay episodes. And then there's a lot of just worthwhile, like you should watch these anyway episodes. But yeah, that first eight seasons um, of Scrubs are fantastic. They do a great job of balancing comedy with like real life yes. moments. And they would do slapstick, yeah. you know, jokey, ridiculous cutaway family guy type humor. And then at the end of the episode, all the patients have died and you're like, Oh my God. Like I didn't see that coming. Like three patients die on one episode. And it's like this. The janitor is the best, best character. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's just a lot to, 
there's a lot to love about that show. And there's a great podcast called uh, Fake Doctors, Real Friends, yep. which I listen to on the drive. I just moved from California to Tennessee. And uh, most of the drive out here, I listened to like the first 10 episodes of that show. And it's great to hear all these extra insights, especially after you just watched the whole series, you know? Yeah, I want to start watching or listening to that podcast. But I like same with uh, the office one with Jenna Fisher. I, yeah, I want to watch too. the episode first because I haven't seen these shows in so long. Sure. I, just, I want to get that recap. That that is a that is a, a great podcast as well. I have a friend who's watched The Office I think sixteen times, like the entire series. I don't the American get that. Office. That's I my girlfriend. And I don't. He, he told me like like now he's at the point when he watches it, he picks a character and only watches them in the scenes. So like he'll go Kevin, and like the whole episode, he doesn't really pay attention to anything except Kevin's scenes, but he still watches the entire episode. And I'm like what like that why i don't there's not enough life to do that you know what i mean i can understand why because like when they're just sitting there they're all just fucking around doing their own shit too and they all do weird crazy things yeah he's like you pick up on a lot of stuff and i'm like i think you just need to watch a new show you know yeah so this next one i want to talk about is probably the most known role of yours and it's uncredited of sharknado (laughs) yeah sure so so can you tell us a little bit about your scene so personally i watched the first like 78 seconds of that movie and turned it off yeah that's um, about right so uh, i don't think these- <laughs> yeah that's up that's actually further than most people get <laughs> uh for the thing that really turned me off is uh tara reed looking like a cocaine addict because sure. she looks like just shit. So, is so, starried. Well, after American Pie, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, can you tell us a little bit about your scene? Because these two have probably never even seen it. I think I watched it just I, to see you. Like, well, I think I oh, got yeah. to your scene, watched slightly after, and was like, I'm done. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I moved to LA in uh, October 2012, and on my birthday, November 7th, 2012, I won a contest at a comedy club. And I got $500, which was very needed at that time because I just moved there. I got a bowl of French fries from the kitchen at the comedy club. And I got a walk-on <laughs> roll in a Sci-Fi Channel original movie, which happened to be Sharknado. So this comedy club was called Flappers in Burbank, California. I think it's still open, but maybe not. I'm not sure right now. But um, they used to have this weird relationship with the studio across the street, which was called Asylum. Asylum had all these terrible movies on sci-fi channel. So like instead of Transformers, they would air Transmorphers and it was like a low budget Transformers or instead of Bumblebee, they had Hornet and it was like a Hornet. It was was terrible. Like stuff like that. They would just kind of like make a million dollar or 500 or $200,000 version of some hit movie and uh, hope that people would accidentally buy it or rent it, you know, to make money. Uh, And it was, it was interesting. So they would offer up these, they had this contest at this, is this comedy club where it was like, you got to walk on roll in a sci-fi channel, original movie with asylum. So up until then, all these movies were terrible and nobody really talked about them other than like, Oh, I was on this thing on sci-fi channel. So when I won, it happened to be this kismet moment of, Hey, you get to be in this shark movie and nobody knew what Sharknado was. It was just like a shark movie. So when um, I got to the set, I said, Hey, I'm supposed to be in this movie. And they're like, yeah, you're going to be beach victim. Number one, we're going to make it look like a shark bit off your leg. And I was like, okay. 
So I said, is that going to be like makeup and prosthetics or special effects and CGI? And they were like, no, you're going to dig a hole in the beach and put your leg in it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is going to be a really bad movie. So I had to dig my own <laughs> hole, put my leg in the sand and wiggle my thigh like it was <laughs> missing off of my body. See, at least the jobs I get right now, because I'm doing production assistant stuff, at least I would be the one digging your hole for you. Like that's... <laughs> that's yes. <laughs> So I had, I had to dig my own hole. They pulled some blood around my stump, which was my kneecap. And I just, they said, scream. And I was like, ah, you know, and the movie came out. I'm in the first 15 minutes. They cut to me. I'm on a beach and there's this beach attack. And they cut to a guy with his arm mangled coming out of the water who was from Fangoria magazine. I forget his name, but he had come to the set that day basically to write about the movie. And they made him like a victim. So they did his scene. Then they cut to me and I go, ah, for like literally one second that was it that was the whole thing and the screenshot of me in the movie became the publicity photo they used to promote the movie when it blew up in the summer of 2013 so this was like january 2013 beginning of the year i won the contest in november i got to go do it in january the movie comes out in the summer and it blows up and everyone's talking about how ridiculous and crazy it is. And my face is like everywhere. I was on the cover of like the LA Times. It said, movies of the weekend, World War Z and Sharknado. And it was my face and Brad Pitt's face, like side by side. <laughs> it was like Sharknado, World War Z. So my mom thinks I'm very successful. But uh, it was just this weird happenstance of like, I won this contest. I got to be in a movie that happened to be the movie they were filming at that time that ended up being this ridiculous movie. They made six sequels to everybody every year would be like, are you in the new one? And I'm like, yeah, look for me, but I'm only in the first one for like one second. <laughs> uh, but it was this weird thing. And I actually, I, I always have them by my desk. That's the picture of me in Sharknado <laughs> with my leg covered up. Uh, or, or in the sand. Look at I had to dig. I had to dig my own home. You could see the knee. You could see the knee. You could see you the could knee. See the That's knee. my leg. It's gone. I Dude. love the idea of your mom thinking super successful oh, for this movie. Yeah, she's like, and you got paid basically to do a comedy club thing yeah. in a bowl of French fries. I got, I got <laughs> French fries. I got zero. People always go like, oh man, like my IMDb picture is that picture, and I didn't pick that. It just picks it for you. Did you, did so, you have to pay taxes on the French fries? No, I did. I did not have to pay taxes. No, for right. That's but a win. yeah, I, I got, uh, I got no real money to be in Sharknado, but I milk it for all it's worth all these years later. Cause it's just a weird story. And as a trivia host, it's like a fun thing to tie into the show to be like, Oh, by the way, corporate company that's paying me to do a trivia show. I was in this movie and they're like, what, you know, and then you just tell that story and it, it all goes well. I, I think I remember seeing at some point a YouTube video. Did you get like a tooth? Uh, uh, like a shark tooth or did I got you to be, so, yeah, I got to be so i got so this weird occurrence got i it led to a lot of other things i was on a lot of morning shows radio shows <laughs> like just like people were like we got the beach victim number one from sharknados on the show you know like just like the dumb a dumb thing to do and i got to be on a show called beverly hills pawn which is a pawn show, like um, one of those one of those reality shows that are not real at all. Just so everybody knows, if you ever watch any pawn show, they're not really buying or selling anything. It's are you all telling scripted. me Chum Lee is not an anime expert? <laughs> <laughs> are you actually trying to sell that bullshit on this podcast? <laughs> this well, are you serious podcast. right now? I don't want to ruin really this for trying you, Nick, to sell that here. I don't want to ruin this for you, Nick, but Chumley is actually a hologram. He's not even a real person. <laughs> uh, 
but uh, no. The, so yeah, I got to be on Beverly Hills Pawn. I went to the set and I'm like, uh, they're like, hey, you're going to try and sell a styrofoam shark fin from Sharknado that's signed by the director and Ian Ziering and Tara Reid. And you're going to be trying to buy this crib for your daughter. Uh, and it's so expensive. You have to sell this piece of memorabilia that you got from being in the movie. So the memorabilia was just from the asylum. I, I told them like, hey, they want me to do this show. And they're like, here, you can borrow this shark fin that's signed by the director and, and these people. So I brought it to the set. That was like my story. So all these shows that you have like some kind of story, you go, you record this thing. They use a lot of improv actors to kind of improvise like the back and forth. And so they, they go, uh, okay, we're at Beverly Hills Pond. It's a fancy like Rodeo Drive type scenario and they're like okay how much do you want for the styrofoam shark fin signed by tara reed and i'm like twenty thousand dollars <laughs> so they're like we're not gonna pay you twenty thousand dollars we'll pay you you know one thousand dollars or something like that and i said no deal so like i don't end up selling the shark fin on the show but uh, at the end the resolution is like hey my daughter won't get the crib that she wants but at least i could hang something cool above the crib we can afford and that's like, that's the solution of the episode. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's literally ridiculous. Um, that's going to be harder to find online because like, I don't even know. I saw it on YouTube. Yeah. Like I saw it. On I don't YouTube know somewhere. even what network that aired on like Bravo, maybe. I don't know what Beverly Hills Pawn was on, but I, it was, uh, it was an that interesting. That sounds like experience. a very Bravo show. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was wild, but yeah, all those shows. Uh, I, what's funny is I will tell my mom like, hey, you know, all those ghost hunter shows and pawn shows, they're all fake, right? And she goes, oh no, those, you know, those are real. And I'm like, mom, I was on a pawn show. And she goes, the one you did was just the fake one. Like she doesn't believe that the rest of the show was fabricated. Uh, so they I definitely, first off, <laughs> paranormal investigators, 100% real. Don't fucking, don't come at me with that, Okay. Uh, God, fuck All right, Nick. So I saw your IMDb. Your most recent acting credits were both in 2018 for Hornet and Jurassic Galaxy. I want to know more about Jurassic Galaxy, honestly. But any, sure. what, what can you tell me about these movies that are not ripoffs at all of Bumblebee and Jurassic World? Yes. Uh, so in Hornet, I am just a newscaster's voice. So I'm not even on screen. Uh, I had some friends who made that movie that I met on Sharknado and they were like, can you just send us a voiceover of you reporting like some news, uh, the, you know, some news bits. So my voice is in that movie, but I'm not in it. I've never actually seen it. I don't even really know if my voice is in it, but uh, that's what I was credited for and got a little bit of money for. But you've never seen this movie that your voice may or may not be in. I haven't seen most of the, I've never seen, uh, any of the Sharknado movies except the first one. Um, there's six of them. I'm only in the first one, but yeah, there's a lot of movies on my IMDb that I've never actually watched. Uh, <laughs> Jurassic Galaxy, I watched, I think maybe the first half, and then I was like, okay, that's enough. But um, <laughs> it looks like it was shot on a flip phone uh, in the desert of California. And I was supposed to be a guy named, um, oh, I don't remember, Corrigan. I think my name was Corrigan. And I was supposed to be a guy that won 
a trivia contest on an intergalactic spaceship. And the prize was a trip around the galaxy. And I go on this spaceship with these other people and the ship crash lands on a planet that happens to have dinosaurs on it called Jurassic Planet. So like um, my legs are broken. And again, my legs are destroyed like in Sharknado. And uh, my legs are- You know, it's, yeah. it's hard for people to get over like that. like a guy really, that honestly. should be in a wheelchair, I think. Um, <laughs> I have one of those faces. They're like, he should be sitting down. Why is he walking? This doesn't yeah, make what sense. is he walking around for? So um, we crash land and I have this monologue where I talk to this guy about how I won this contest. I'm a English professor. It was very like close to home with me. And then um, when the movie came out, they cut all of that. And I'm basically just a corpse. Like I'm like, we crash land, they drag my body, they prop it up against this ship. And then like we fall asleep and then like a velociraptor creeps around the corner in like PlayStation one animation style. And it's just like, like growls at me and attacks my throat and rips my throat out. And that's my whole scene in the movie. I have no but line. You're the hero in the director's cut, right? I'm the hero in the director's cut. But if you went, right. when the movie came out in 2000, whatever that was 18, it was at Redbox. And if you went to Redbox, you could rent Jurassic Galaxy. And it said starring Ryan Buds because alphabetically my last name came first and someone screwed that up. <laughs> so I had no lines in the movie. I died in the first 10 minutes and it was like starring Ryan Buds. So <laughs> It was very bizarre, but uh, kind of funny. And, uh, you know, these these movies are made for low budgets because they're trying to make that money back on distribution. So if a movie costs $30,000 to make, they want to make anything above $30,000 by selling it to Russia and Asia and Canada, you know, with the um, opportunity to air that movie on on demand or at Redbox and things like that. So if a movie costs 50 grand or 100 grand, to make if you make anything over that it's like a successful a good it was movie. like it's like a gamble you know like like <laughs> cryptocurrency or something yeah. so um it, it that movie i think made more money than it cost i think it only cost 40 grand to make and it was um good enough for whatever they wanted at that moment you know I paid five dollars for Velocipaster, so I get that. That's a great They're basically movie, just Hulk hands. Uh, Velocipaster uh, okay. is probably the most Sharknado-ish title since Sharknado, right? <laughs> yeah. When you hear it's it, you're like, "What is that? God. What is? It's a, velo- it's a Velociraptor, but a pastor? Like you my, have to." It my movie. favorite is when God. he's transforming and they have obvious uh, rubber gloves of the <laughs> of the dinosaur on the guy's hands. My favorite scene is oh, the yeah. fucking land. Yeah. That landmine. That landmine was fucked with the when the car blows amazing. up and it just says "insert car explosion here." Like yeah. <laughs> oh, There's another God. movie that came out like Damn Beavers or something about beavers, rabid beavers. <laughs> it was just zombie beavers. There was some like, there's like three or four movies since, oh, I was in another one called Snake Out of Compton, which is like straight out of Compton, but with a snake. Uh, and I play the news reporter in that movie. That's like, like if you can nail that title, the movie could literally be us four on Zoom right now, just joking around. But if you like make the poster and movie look like it should, it'll make enough money back, you know? Next time we're all together, we're walking Zombievers. We're watching Zombievers, it. that's it. That was what it was called, Zombievers. We're watching Zombievers. Yeah. It's on Amazon Prime. We're yeah, watching it. Mm-hmm. So the last question I got for you. Um, so I saw you actually wrote a film called Life Support, and I spent 20 minutes researching this film and couldn't even find a plot synopsis. Oh, what, boy. It, what is this movie that you wrote and starred in? <laughs> yeah, it was actually a, like a like a sitcom pilot. 
and it was 2012. It was, um, we filmed it literally the weekend. Like we filmed it like Wednesday and Thursday and I got married on Saturday, nine, 10, 11. So was that it was, your fucking, um, was that your goddamn like bachelor party? Like what the pretty fuck? Pretty much. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It's actually, um, I'm actually, I, I would say I'm very proud of that. It was directed by a guy named Michael Sanchez, who was part of Comedians You Should Know way back in the day in Chicago, like around the 2010 era. And um, he was a good filmmaker. He would make all these great short comedic films. And uh, me and Dale Zawada, who I did that between gig show with, and another guy named Chris Soa, we had this idea for a show where it was like, just a bunch of people in a support group, but like it was a support group for support groups. So if you're an alcoholic or you are a rageaholic, et cetera, you would meet at this extra group and there'd be like one of every, you know, thing that you're obsessed with or, uh, I you already know. love this idea. And this it was just seems like we, this and, podcast. Yeah, yeah. And it would just be like an extra meeting session um, for those people that didn't get enough out of their individual support groups. And it was called life support and, uh, some really great Chicago comedians. Megan Gailey was in it. Uh, Mike Leibowitz, very funny dude. Um, the, the list goes on and on, but it was great. And we filmed it all in like two days and we put it out. We had like a, a screening at comedy sports, downtown Chicago. And it, w- people laughed at all the parts we wanted them to laugh at. And it was just very cool. Um, so that was my favorite thing I did right before we left Chicago to go to California. Nothing ever came of it, but um, it's it's out there somewhere. You can watch it somewhere. I still get updates every every day that are like, one person liked the Life Support Facebook group or whatever we had made at that time. Um, those things still exist. But yeah, I'll have to find it and send it to you guys. But it was really funny and um, it was a lot of fun to, to make. Yeah, I'm ex- I, I want to watch it. I'm assuming but it's not with Queen Latifah. Are, I'm assuming, are, I'm assuming you didn't not, get that hook. It's not Queen Latifah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I assuming you didn't get that research. Queen Latifah is not in this one. We, try, we tried right. for Queen, and it didn't work out. <laughs> didn't, didn't happen? All right. We are lovers of very cheap produced movies. So I want. I, here's, here's my mission for you guys. This is what I was obsessed with in high school. A friend of mine and I used to watch these all the time. There was a movie called The Ice Cream Man with Clint Howard, who is Ron Howard. I think I've seen that. I I think think I do know what that is. It's about a killer ice cream man. We like fast forwarded through like 30 minutes of that Um, movie. It's on on Hulu. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot to love. I've watched that movie at least 20 times. It came out in like, I want to say 95, 96. And it's, it's it's a really bad movie, but- if you can imagine, there is a movie that's worse called The Ice Cream Man. And that one is made literally with a camcorder in a backyard. And uh, the big difference is Mr. I- uh, Mr. Ice Cream Man has Clint Howard, who's Ron Howard, you know, from Happy Days, his brother. And it's like, a, you can tell it's a real movie. This other movie is called The Ice Cream Man. And a friend of mine named Steve Nelson, my best friend growing up, he bought it at a gas station and it was filmed it was like it was like 1993 um i can't even explain to you what this movie is like if you can find the ice cream man uh i can't think of uh oh the director's name is mac hale m-a-c-k-h-a-l-e it's hard to find but if you can find it watch both of these movies back to back and just talk about them for the rest of your life because they're great i think i want this love it that's great all right so that's our time with ryan buds uh ryan would you like to plug yourself before we yeah if you have any virtual events coming up you want to play some trivia you want to play some bingo some game shows go to trivia 
trivyawithbuds.com, B-U-D-D-S, trivyawithbuds.com. You can read all about me and all the stuff I'm up to these days, and I would love to uh, entertain you, your friends, your family, your coworkers. It'll be a good time. Thanks so much from, from all of us here at You Hate to See It. Make sure you follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are available on all social media that matters. And if you can't find us, that means that the social media you prefer sucks. You can also go to our Podbean. And in the upper right-hand corner, there is a button This has become a patron. And I'd really appreciate if you clicked on that. And it's like Patreon. Uh, there's a bunch of different tiers starting at $1 and going all the way up to $15 that you can subscribe to on a monthly basis. And it helps us out. It helps us make some extra money for new equipment and for some technology and things like that. So if you could do that, we'd really appreciate it. Um, So thanks for listening, everyone. Hey, we're all doing that. Very cool.